0: Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. 20 years ago this month, so back at the beginning of August 2000, I resigned from my secure salaried role as a customer services manager in a large insurance company. I wasn't stepping into another job, I was leaping into the unknown, uh, didn't know what I was going to do next, felt very scared, but knew it was the right decision for me at the time. Now, over the last few years, when I'm working with groups or after I speak at conferences, one of the first questions that I'm asked, I'm asked it frequently, is, James, how come you ended up doing what you're doing, or how come you have the career that you have, um, and I asked that question so much that actually an abridged version of the answer to it appears on the biography section or the about James section of my website, jamesweekman.com. Um, but this week's episode, and I might even bring it into next week as well, I'm going to go back to what prompted me to make that leap of faith, as it were, because I know for so many people, particularly now as we maybe emerge from the COVID-19 lockdown, that we're looking to make changes. And when I think back to August 2000, for me, that wasn't just a change. That was like a big paradigm shift. You know, it was. Uh, I was looking for a new way of engaging with the world. It was far bigger than just a career change. And I didn't have the language or insight back then that I have now. I can see the patterns now looking back, all right. But back then, it was just I, I needed to make some change Um, And of course, so many people, you know, dream of stepping out of the rat race and perhaps sharing my story um, this week will, you know, encourage people to maybe take some small baby steps themselves, or at minimum, I can give some of the lessons that I've learned along the way that you might find helpful or useful. So in this week's episode, I'm going to be taking you through the the early part of my career on the journey that led to what it is I do now. What do you want from your career? It's so surprising how few of us ever ask ourselves that question. I know in the past, I certainly never asked it because I didn't know it. You know, I don't remember consciously asking myself questions such as, what do I want from my work or what do I want my career to be like? When I left school back in 1988, so I'm aging myself now, The only thing I really knew was that I didn't want to be a farmer. I'd spent many summers working with my dad on our farm, and I knew that a farmer's life was not for me. I did appreciate, you know, the work ethic and the early starts, things that I think I've retained, but working outdoors was not for me. Um, And of course, sometimes knowing what it is you don't want is a great start. Um, But what did I want? Probably back then, my answer would have been something like, well, to work in an office, um, Ireland in the 1980s was not an easy place to find work. So back then, I can still remember it. I used the Golden Pages, again, something else that dates me. Um, and having dispatched, I don't know, about 30 unsolicited letters of application to various different companies and financial firms, I remember I was asked for three interviews and I was successful at one of them. So I secured a job as a junior claims handler. Norwich Union, the insurance company that's now part of Aviva. Um, you know I knew that I would apply myself to work once I got my foot in the door uh, and this I did over the next few years. I studied for insurance exams at night and I obtained that industry qualification. Uh, I climbed my way up the career ladder. I was very happy in the claims department. Uh, I made some great friends. I got on well with the manager, uh, my salary, steadily increased um, as new responsibilities and promotions came my way you know back then if I asked myself the question what did I want from my work um, it would probably be something like well a good salary or money that certainly would have been high on my list Uh, of course money is a means to an end it's what money enables us to do or to get that's the real motivating factor and of course, money is also a way of keeping score and measuring our success, well, our financial success anyway. And for someone in their early 20s, you know, that was something that was important to me back then. You know, when I do think of those days after getting some money in my pocket, my second answer to the question, what do I want from work, would probably have been good working relationships with my coworkers, like to get on well with people. Um, because we do all want to get with, on well with people that we're spending so much of our time with. And of course, for me, as someone back then in my early 20s, there was a great social life attached to it. And and we just had good fun. You know, you're out for drinks on a Friday evening or or a Thursday evening when the weekend started. Um, most people's third answer to that question, what do you want from work, is probably something like being treated well, feeling acknowledged, you know, or that your work is recognised. I certainly had that in my work back then. You know, we all know that we're doing we all want to know that we're doing a good job. You know, it's interesting for me in, in more recent times, you know, when working with people on a career fulfilment basis, you know, we all want to feel acknowledged and recognised and, and, and important in our work. And that's one of the main reasons why people move jobs is because they simply don't feel valued in their current uh, in their current organisation. You know, these three criteria, a decent salary, a good working environment and feeling valued, perhaps combined with job security, are what many people seek from their careers. Uh, But for some, that isn't enough. You know, in the early years of my career, these basic ingredients meant I was really enjoying work, but then it reached a point where, you know, that just wasn't enough for me. So after five years, we're now up to early 1994, you know, I realized that I could easily spend the rest of my career in that claims department, you know, as many other people had done, the old secure pensionable job. Um, I remember thinking at the time that my heart was telling me to stay, but my head was telling me that if I really wanted to climb a career ladder, I would have to leave the, the safety and the comfort zone of the claims department and broaden my horizons. It was a tough decision, but I applied for a vacant sales role, a sales consultant's role, and I got it. You know, So I left that first uh, role behind me. I left the claims department behind me. And working in a sales job represented a steep learning curve for sure. You know, I certainly enjoyed the new challenge and was gaining lots of valuable experience. At that stage, my answer to the question, what do I want from my career, would probably have had a new ingredient, something like to satisfy my ambition and to realise my potential. I discovered that I thrived on the diversity of sales. Some people just like the certainty and the routine of knowing exactly what they're doing at work day in and day out. Um, but for me, and for many others, we, we look for a variety in our work, something that stops us from getting bored. Uh, then after two years working in a, in a sales role, I was seconded to a project that was responsible for introducing a new IT system and re-engineering, which is a very 90s word, the business processes for the entire company. And this again will age me and date me. And those of you with a certain vintage will know this phrase, but one of the catalysts for that project was the avoidance of Y2K issues, um, which was the, um, you know, the fear that the, uh, all the IT uh, computer system would crash when we moved from 1999 to the year 2000. Gosh, it seems so antiquated now. But I remember uh, thoroughly enjoying that project work. And at the same time, the company introduced a management training program And I applied for it, but I was turned down. And this was one of the first career disappointments I had. And I I was disappointed and I was a bit angry as well because I thought that I was ideally suited for it. Um, But my ambition, my value of ambition raised its head again. And I decided to do um, an MBA, a Master's of Business Administration. My thinking being at the time is that, well, I'll show them, you know, I'll go off and I'll do the real thing. Uh, and I was successful at the interview for that two-year part-time MBA program in DCU that started in 1996. Of course, anyone who's done third level, particularly at night and certainly an MBA program, realized that part-time is a bit of a misnomer. It was like, it was like working two full-time jobs, but I thrived under the pressure. I was learning the theory at college, and I was able to put so much of it into practice in the day job. Studying in the evening and being thrown in at the deep end with project management and re-engineering business processes during the day was challenging, but I thrived out, I have to say. I have happy memories of those times. I realised back then that, you know, I really enjoyed learning. And for many years of working on my own personal development, I now know that learning is a core value for me and that I'm happiest when I'm learning a sense of challenge and the ability to continue to learn, develop and grow is another key factor that most people seek from a rewarding career. You know, the learning doesn't have to involve formal qualifications. It certainly doesn't have to involve an MBA. And it can be keeping up to speed with developments in your industry or becoming an expert on your topic, reading relevant articles or blogs and, and learning from others, of course, who have more skills than you. You know, I worked hard to achieve my master's degree. In 1998, uh, just after I got it, I was offered a newly created position of customer services manager uh, in the organization. And ultimately, I ended up managing a team of 50 people. Uh, I was 28 years old at the time, and I had climbed the career ladder. That climb had been rapid. Uh, I was earning a big salary, um, but with it, of course, came big responsibility. Uh, And it's funny now, I'll smile at it, but so often... You know, the perks make a difference. You know, I'd moved into my own office. I used to think back then, you know, was I a bit like Melanie Griffith's character in Working Girl? I just wanted to end up with my own office. And in 1998, I had my own office. Um, I also bought what at the time was a dream car for me, a convertible sports car, uh, which I could now drive into work because I had another management perk of my own, which was a parking space. So I was still climbing the career ladder and I was climbing the steep learning curve that went with it. Uh, I certainly enjoyed the ability to be able to shape my own department, you know, establish my own culture, um, how I wanted to work with staff, how I wanted to develop the people I worked with. Um, I had loads of career success at that relatively young age. Uh, I was financially successful. I'd collected various educational qualifications along the way. Uh, But then when I turned 30 in June 2000, uh, I was asking myself another question. You know, is this it? Is this it? From the outside looking in, I was very successful. But from the inside looking out, I would have to say I was desperately unhappy. You know, I was meeting all the criteria that most people seek from their work. I was on a good salary. I had job security. Well, as much as anyone in the private sector did. And I had a substantial degree of control and autonomy over my work. Uh, There was terrific variety with what it is I did. There was a sense of challenge, both from managing 50 people on a daily basis to helping steer the company through a merger at the time. I had good working relationships with my colleagues and the directors that I worked with. I had created a good working environment for my team. I knew I was highly thought of. I was well respected. I was acknowledged. And I knew that many of the, the directors and other senior managers relied on me and valued my advice and input. And of course, I was continuing to learn and grow in the role, you know, and all of the scope was there for continued and future advancement. You know, and these criteria, as I say, they're, they're often central to a rewarding career. But yet I was so unhappy with the wisdom I have now. I can look back on that time and sort of say what a change was trying to take place But back then, I had none of that wisdom. What I did know is that I was unhappy. But of course, you don't, and I certainly didn't wake up one night just sort of thinking, I don't like this. I'm not happy here. It was like, uh, you know, days and weeks and months and maybe even a few years of just, I don't know, deadening the soul, sometimes how I phrase it. It's like you've sacrificed a little bit more of your own personality and suddenly you've turned into someone other than who you were you know, so of course that happens when we grow and we mature. But when I think of it at 18 or 19, when I walked into that organization initially, you know, who I was at age 30, yes, was successful and had learned and had had grown hugely and had developed hugely over that time period. But from a values perspective, it was, you know, who was I anymore? And that, that was the part that I was struggling with. And in fact, you know, when I, when I think back on it, the the clues were there, you know, I dreaded Monday mornings. In fact, I probably dreaded Sunday afternoons and evenings even more so than Monday morning, because Monday was looming. When you were in it, it wasn't too bad. My health was suffering. And that's an interesting one, because generally I had a good, healthy constitution. But in the the, the year before, you know, whether it was stress or unease or dis-ease, as it were, you know, I was off work with various ailments and illnesses, and I hadn't really missed much work before. in in the two years where I juggled the MBA and the project management work, I hadn't missed a day of work or or any of the lectures. You know, we just kept going. Um, I found myself, and this is, this is something that I've come to realise in myself now, but back then I could find myself getting more irritable at work. You know, and I found myself having disputes and arguments with people, which is not, you know, really who I am. Uh, back then, I was living from holiday to holiday. Um, I was probably drinking more. And sometimes I turned to medication for headaches and, you know, ways to relax as well. And I found myself not eating as healthily and I was putting on weight. So, all of those ailments, I suppose I would call them, or factors would indicate that I was drifting away from myself um, and had been doing so for a while. And then finally, one afternoon, I remember being at home in my parents' house, at home from work, recuperating from, you know, the latest um, cold or stomach upset, and it just got all too much for me. I remember just breaking down and crying, and crying like I had never really cried before. I just realized that I couldn't keep going the way that I was going. You know, other elements of my life were suffering, you know, health and relationships. I felt I was on a slippery slope. You know, I could see where the path of my career was leading and something inside me said, you know, enough, uh, something had to change. And I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I didn't want any more of what I had had or what I was doing. And of course, a myriad of thoughts went through my head. You know, what would I do instead? Am I throwing everything away? I'd worked hard for everything. You know, they're hardly empowering questions, as I would phrase it now. But it was all I had in that haze of unhappiness. Um, I was, I was meeting all my career needs, but in many ways uh, I felt so hollow on the inside. You know, when I looked into the future and I imagined my career, you know, down the line, I could see what it would be like. You know, so unless I really messed things up, and of course, self sabotage can sometimes come into it when you're when you're in this state. But if I really messed things up, or if I didn't, um, I would probably continue to receive the promotions and would become a director. You know, and I could clearly see what that career and what the rest of my life could could well be like. Um, I had unconsciously asked myself the question that was, you know, if I looked into the future and imagined my career 10 years from now, can I see myself continuing to do it? And back then, at some deep soul level, my answer to that was no. So I made the decision that life was too short. You know, I was fortunate that I'd been on a good salary and I had savings that I had accrued, which meant that I could afford not to work for a while, which was such a blessing. Um, those close to me could see how down I was, and they were very supportive, which again makes such a, such a massive difference. you know. And when I said I was contemplating taking a career break, it felt like a massive weight was lifted from my shoulders. And perhaps that was the only evidence I had that I was making the right decision. You know, so of course, some friends and colleagues were telling me I was mad and that I was throwing it all away after everything I had worked for. You know, but I did at 30 what many people now do at 20. And that is I took a gap year. I spent a year traveling around the world, reassessing my life, seeking a new direction, seeking new motivation. I had some fun, which was something that was sorely missing from my life. And I was still young. You know, my 20s had had been all about work and study, and I needed a break the sort of break that a two-week holiday can not give you. you know, by the age of 30, I'd been working really all my adult life, from summers on the farm with my dad to straight into work after school. Um, and now I had found myself spending some of my hard-earned cash. My rainy day had arrived and I was enjoying myself. You know, I had sacrificed my allocation of fun for work and study over the previous 10, 12 years, And now I was getting it back. It wasn't a balanced approach, but it sure felt good. The next question I began to ponder when I was taking this time out was, James, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know the way you're asked that question as a kid? And I sort of felt now by the age of 30, I'm sort of grown up, but I wanted to re-explore that question. And that's something that I will continue. This will continue. This story will continue in next week's podcast where I'll share the, the next stage of my career evolution with you. But if the, you know, if the sentiment of this week's episode has resonated with you, uh, I'm delighted. Um, I'm, how would I say it, I'm pushing my own comfort zone in sharing this story in this way, because it is something that I remember at the time initially was very challenging for me. And it took me a long time to sort of figure out the pieces that were being moved around at the time. Um, But perhaps you'll find my story encouraging or, if not, interesting. So if you have found yourself or you find yourself at what feels like a crossroad, uh, let me close this week's episode by offering you you a a few questions to reflect upon. Uh, What have you tolerated for too long? You know, when I think back on that time, there were many things that I tolerated for too long. Sometimes we just need to be a little bit clearer as to where we've overextended ourselves or we feel like we're bending over backwards, uh, where we have maybe compromised too much. And that question, what have you tolerated for too long, really focuses our attention. What are the clues that will let you know how, how, how happy or unhappy you are at work? And what would be the evidence of your level of happiness? uh when will the discomfort get bad enough for you to do something about it you know that's a loaded question you know there are so many people and i've worked with so many people over the years who will moan about their current work scenario and they're you know they're they're not comfortable there but they're not quite uncomfortable enough yet to actually do anything about it and when i think back to you know the year 2000 and the Ailments and the challenges and the illness and the dis-ease that I had, eventually the scales tipped. You know, the discomfort of the situation I was in was more tolerable, sorry, was less tolerable than the discomfort of stepping outside of my comfort zone, if that makes sense. And another question to reflect upon is: you know, you may not know what it is you want if you're looking at designing the next chapter of your life, but, you know, what is it that you don't want or what is it that you don't want any more of? Sometimes we have to start with that because that's where I started way back when. So hopefully those few questions you will find useful. It allows you maybe to take some of my insights and and apply it to your own situation. Uh, So thank you for tuning in. And as I say, next week, I'm going to come back to this period in my life, which was a big momentous period uh, that happened 20 years ago um, to say to you how I began to turn it around. So when I went off on my world travels, how then did I end up moving in the direction that I I subsequently, where I subsequently created my new career, or I don't even use the phrase career, where I subsequently, you know, stepped into the space of, of just being more of myself. So thank you again for tuning in and until next week.